I'm Angela from Gluten Free Angela. And over the years, I have tried different types of recipes to make scones. And now I think I do have my ultimate scone recipe, although this will not be the end. Honestly, it won't be the end. I will continue to develop it. But this is a beautiful recipe that I have. And every time I make them, people love them. And I've got it down to a fine art now. So today, I just thought, hey, let me just share this recipe with you. Um, and it's really interesting that I go to so many different places and scones are dry, crumbly. There's hardly any taste in them. Or what you can taste is an absolute ton of baking powder. Um, we never know how old they are. As you cut through into that scone, they explode and crumble and you're ending up with lots of different bits on the bottom of your place. It's really interesting. We go to some of the top supermarkets and they're pretty bad. We go to certain places to buy recipe books and we try them and they're awful. And then some peoples, we sit back and they are incredible. And it's these incredible ones that I really want to talk about. Um, because it's all about the ingredients. Now, scones are something that uses up what you have hanging around the house. And let me explain what that means. Back in the day, years and years ago, scones were made to use up the milk, the cream, the butter that was on the turn. That's a northern expression. And being on the turn means it's about to go sour, go off. And this is in the day where you didn't have a fridge. You may have a little larder with a marble slab and you would have milk that you kept in there, cheese, butter, cream, etc. But they would only be there for a certain time. And by the following day, you know that they would have gone. And it's also one of those ingredients that if, if something has gone slightly sour, you can use it up in scones and that's what people used to do. And yes, I am going to be bold and I'm going to say this. I see so many recipes at the moment that say two ingredients, three ingredients. Now, something may look like a scone, but it has to taste like a scone. It really does have to taste like a scone. Um, and I've tried several of those recipes out there that encourage you to use lemonade or something like that. And, and to me, the taste is all wrong because there is no taste. To make a scone or a scone delicious, it needs fat in there. It needs taste in there. So whether you're dairy-free, can't tolerate cow butter, you know, replace that with goat butter, can't tolerate cream, replace that with a, a replacement cream. You do need the milk, the yogurt or the cream, the butter in there to give it that delicious taste. And if not, you are going to have flour and water. And flour and water isn't the greatest taste. And that's what I am saying about a lot of these recipes. And 
you will either agree with me or disagree with me. But that's my opinion. And, and I think that, do you know what? If we're going to go to the trouble of making something ourselves, we're going to put our electricity or our gas or our argo that's going and we're going to take time to make these beautiful things, put them into the oven and then serve them up to our friends, family or just to ourselves. It's worth getting something that tastes delicious. So there are certain places that I will go to and the scones will arrive and they're slightly warm. And when I, when I press them like this, they're delicious, they're soft. The middle should always give. It shouldn't be hard and firm. Off your soapbox, Angela, please. <laughs> And it's really interesting, you know, when you go, whenever you buy scones, they're going to be wrapped in plastic, which is not great for the environment. They could have been there. There's no baked on day, is there? So that scone could be two days old. It could be five days old. How old is it? We just don't know. It's wrapped in plastic. When we look at the ingredients, there'll be some that we don't actually know what that means. What is that ingredient? What is that colouring? What is that additive? We don't know. And when you do get them out, they tend to be pretty hard. If I have to eat these things, come out of the packet, I tend to stick them under the tap so they get a little bit wet, stick them in the oven to give them a bit of moisture back. It's what people do in France with baguettes when they've gone stale. The following day, they douse them in water, get them quite wet on the outside, they do it with croissants and everything and then put them back in the oven and it, it just helps to rehydrate them and then the outside is crusty and the inside is, uh, you know, fluffy again. But they're still several days old and there's still a lack of butter in them, there's still a lack of cream in them, there's still a lack of milk in them. So that's why I just think it's easier. I got up this morning. I thought, oh, it's Saturday. It's Eurovision Song Contest tonight. So you can tell where it is. It's, you know, that's in the UK. So you can tell what year it is. And we're having a lovely lasagna, a gluten-free lasagna. And just to let you know, I have put dark chocolate in there as well. And to offset the, because I've used 100% chocolate oh it's fabulous and i even put in a tiny 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 bit of something to sweeten it as well maple syrup so my oh it's just going to taste amazing we're having that it's garlic bread gluten-free garlic bread and we're having scones afterwards as well so i thought let me make a double batch this morning so these these are 12 minutes 12 minutes in the oven that's it and they come up and they're, they're beautiful, they're soft, they're delicious. I absolutely love these scones. So um, that's why I just want to encourage you to, to make some. Treat yourself. And I'll tell you, right, I've got my recipe here on my phone for you. So what you need is 340 grams of gluten-free self-raising flour. Use whatever one you have. Now in the UK, we have self-raising flour if you need to. If you only have plain flour in your country, 
then you're just going to have to put a little bit of baking powder in there. Just look on the internet and it'll tell you how to make your type of flour into a self-raising flour. So 340 grams of self-raising flour, a pinch of salt, quarter of a teaspoon of xanthan gum, one teaspoon of baking powder. So even though it's a self-raising flour we use, we need to add a little bit of baking powder. 90 grams of butter. I always use salted butter. It's your choice what you use. If you want to use a block margarine, you can do that. If you want to use goat's butter because you don't use um, cow butter, you can do that. Uh, block margarine, just use what you like. Like some of them are dairy-free, some of them, you know, it, it's entirely down to you. Tablespoon of sugar, whether that's granulated, whether that's caster sugar, just use what you've got. I, I just tend to reach for the for the nearest one. And then you're gonna put 190 ml of milk or cream in. And I say milk or cream because if you've got a, a tub of like single cream that's close to the sell by day or it's been open a few days, use that up. If you've got milk there, use that up. So that's why I don't want to be overly prescriptive. Um, double cream, extra thick cream, that's different. But a single cream, a milk, this, this, when we're baking, when we're making scones, you can interchange them. And then the next thing, this is where we want three tablespoons of a thick yogurt or what I've been doing the last couple of times is putting sour cream in. I had a big tub of sour cream and thought I need to use that up. I tell you what, I'll put it on my scones. Oh my word, it is amazing. It really is. So it tends to be either a nice thick Greek style yogurt. I don't use the low fat things. I just don't have them in my in my cupboard because I don't know what process they've used. I don't know what additives they've used. So that's why I don't use low fat. But the choice is yours. If you have a flavoured yoghurt, just be aware that if it's a strawberry yoghurt, your scones are going to taste of strawberries. But hey, if you like strawberries, what's the issue? You're going to put some strawberry jam on. You're going to put a little bit of um, clotted cream on top. So just embrace it. I've done them with a hazelnut yoghurt in the past and they've been absolutely fabulous. They really have been. Um, it's strange now that that nut yogurt has changed. So they add a bit of sugar to it now and it's too sweet for me. Now I can't eat the yogurt, but um, I should have just used it up, shouldn't I? In the scones. And, you know, if we have a sell-by date for today and we want to, that sell-by date's today and we say, oh, you know, sell-by yesterday, use this stuff up. You know, there's, there's nothing wrong with it. Unless it's gone off, it's fine to use. And if it smells okay, then continue to use it. If it smells a little bit off, then maybe we need to, need to use that up in scones. We don't need to throw everything away. Something that is quite amusing is I don't have much of a sense of smell anymore. I got, you know, I got that illness about two or three years ago and the only reason why I knew I had it was because I lost my sense of smell. I couldn't smell anything. I couldn't smell the flora, bleach, 
anything. I just went round the kitchen and bathroom, like trying to smell different disinfectants. I thought I can't smell anything, but then I went outside and I could smell fresh air. Really, really weird. So I, I can only smell certain things. So I, sometimes I have to borrow somebody else's nose and say, excuse me, does that smell okay or, or not? Um, yeah, it, 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 it's quite interesting. It's come back a lot more, uh, but I still don't have a normal sense of smell. But even I can smell if the, the milk slightly going off. There's a, even I can smell if milk's on the turn. So when we're talking about cream, yogurt, start to use them up. And this is a great, great thing. Start using things up. And if there's too many for you, what friends do you have? Would somebody like a scone? Do you go somewhere? Do you go to any groups where you could take a few scones with you? And it's amazing how these gluten-free scones are amazing. Now, you can add a teaspoon of vanilla extract or essence. I've actually run out at the moment, so I haven't been put in for the last week. And that is it. And what you do is you put all of your all of your um, dry ingredients together in a bowl, mix them around so the salt, the xanthan, the baking powder, everything is really, really well combined. Then what you're going to do is you're going to cut the butter, cold, cold butter, cold, 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 out the, straight out of the fridge. Cut it up into small cubes and just between your fingertips, what you're going to do is just um, make it into breadcrumbs. That's what you want. And then you're going to mix your milk and your thick yogurt together and then mix that in. And first of all, it will feel pretty wet and it will really stick to your fingers as you're mixing that with a, with a spoon or a, a fork or a knife. But once it's been there for a few seconds, a minute, it will start to absorb a lot of that moisture. So it's all mixed up. Just put a little bit of flour on, on a board and take that mixture and, and you need it quite thick. I would say one to two inches thick. And you're going to just have a little pile of flour that you put your cutter in and swizzle it around so that flour hits the inside of your cutter. Um, and then what you're going to do is cut one of the scones out, put it over the top of your tray with some, you know, baking powder on it. And you may have to push it out gently or, you know, keep trying to wiggle it out and it will come out eventually. But the secret is to keep flour on the inside of that cutter so that it releases easier. And the great thing with our gluten-free scones, you know, you can keep compressing that together and it will still be beautiful and light and fluffy. It's not going to have the same effects as wheat flour does where the more times you re-roll it, the worse it is. Um, so that's what you do. And you will get about six delicious small scones. What about two inches wide, I would say? Two, two and a half inches wide. Keep them as high as the cutter. Um, so whatever thickness your cutter is mine are about an inch and a half two inches thick and that's how we make them then when you've got your six on there or this morning I did a double batch so we had a baker's dozen this morning so we had 13 which was really good so you'll get about six to seven out of it and then what you're gonna do is find a small egg 
the smallest egg that you can find and just crack that. There's a little trick to, um, when it comes to egg washing, especially scones. So when you're baking scones, the reason why they rise perfectly is because there's no dribble down either side of the egg wash. Once the egg wash spills down the side, as it starts to puff up, that egg wash will go solid and hard and prevent that side of the scone from going high. So try and just keep your egg wash on the top. Now, the other thing with egg wash is the white can sometimes be in quite long um, pieces. Uh, it has like this big membrane thing going through it. And again, the skill is, and this is something that I've learned from watching how Japanese do their eggs. And they will use uh, their chopsticks or, or chopsticks while they're, they're trying to whisk it. And they always say whisk a hundred times. So that's what I do now. Whenever I'm preparing egg wash, I will use a fork. And I make sure I beat that egg with a fork a hundred times. And then you don't get those thick sort of egg white bits tipping over the side of the scope. So just overbeat your egg. <laughs> keep it going. And then when you do put um, the egg wash on the top, keep it on the top. Try not to dribble it down the sides. And if you'd also like for an extra thing, you can just put a little bit of granulated sugar on top and that will add extra crunch while it's baking. So then you've got them on your baking tray and all you're gonna do is pop that in a nice hot oven. And let me just double check. Yeah, it's 180 degrees fat, 200 normal and a gas mark six. You're just gonna have to double check if you're um, the other one, are we centigrade? If you're Fahrenheit, just double check what the conversion is for a gas mark safe for a 200 degree normal. And you're going to bake them for only 12 minutes. Now, if you've got much bigger scones, I still suggest not over baking them because it's the over baking them that dries them out. And what you want is this beautiful billowing inside. Something else I've just realized, um, sometimes I'll make scones, I'll be at somebody's house and I realize that they don't have cutters or the cutters that they have, you know, brown rust on them. So what I'll often do is just make them into an oblong and I cut it into six and they're just squares and that's fine. You just use a knife. So they don't have to be perfect circles. Okay. Just don't worry about it. You can have square scones, you can have whatever shape you want. You can do a, a full scone. However, what I will say is just ours in the UK tend to be individuals. And I know if you're looking, certainly in America, they will have a scone that is like a cake shape and, and you will just cut it in six on the top and allow that to, to bake. I don't actually bake them like that myself. Maybe I'll have a go because that sounds really quite interesting. But the little individual ones are really cute. So this recipe will make you about six or seven or just double it up and you'll be fine. And you'll be able to get the, the recipe. It will be below. Might come up as coronation because we had a coronation here last week in the UK. 
And I put the this scone recipe out for people because there's nothing more traditional in the UK than an afternoon tea. Scones with butter, with strawberry jam and clotted cream. That's what we absolutely love. And when we go out for an afternoon tea, that's what gluten-free people really, really miss if they don't have that. However, you don't just have to have the strawberry jam and the clotted cream. Last night for supper, so last night, it, we've had the scones for supper three nights this week. So we've had our dinner and then later on, about half past nine, would anyone else like a scone? Yes, please. And so clotted cream on top and the jam. But then what I did was I cut a strawberry on top, a fresh strawberry. They're the first British strawberries that I've got my hands on and they were amazing. Certainly not cheap. But they were absolutely amazing and worth every penny. So we had those on top as well. Another type of scone, try this. It is amazing. So when you make your scones, what I would suggest is cut up a little, you know, the ginger that you get in the jars, the little bulbs of ginger. If you cut one of those into sort of two millimeter pieces and just put it in your mixture, you will be amazed. You then suddenly get this ginger scone. And what you can also do, instead of adding the vanilla extract, you can just put a couple of teaspoons of the ginger syrup in there. And then when you've baked your scones, you can cut them, put a little bit of butter in, put in your cluttered cream, but then put some... Um, honey over the top and if you have a beautiful strong honey oh my and it's really amazing how that ginger taste comes through uh, there's nothing to say that you can't put something like a tahini on top there's nothing to say that you can't crumble up a little bit of bacon on top honestly people have bacon on these things honestly put cream cheese on as well if you're doing plain scones there's nothing to say that you can't have cream cheese on top of these. Cream cheese, you can have savoury things. You can have smoked salmon on top of them if you want to. They're beautiful pillows. They're, they're just amazing. And they, you put a little bit of sugar in, but not very much at all. And you can stack this up however you want. Now, I make my own jam when when all of the soft fruits are in season. So oh, homemade strawberry jam is just beautiful. Um, so we've got lots and lots of different options. You know, put some berries on top, put some blackberries on there, put some um, blueberries on there. If you like scones with fruit, put some beautiful, delicious sultanas or currants in there. If you want to chop up little bits of apricot, put those in there. When you're, when you're mixing, you can add fruit in at that point. What I would say is be careful with things like blueberries because they, they've got so much moisture in them. And so your scones will be slightly different. They might have too much moisture in them. But you know what? They're still going to taste absolutely amazing. So give it a go. Just appreciate that fresh fruits have very different effect to dried fruits. You know, if you love things like um, prunes, you can you can chop little prunes up and put those in as well. So it's endless. The scone recipe 
is a vehicle for you to use things up that's in your your kitchen, things that are, I've just got a handful of this left. What am I going to do? Make a bread and butter pudding? Well, you can make a bread and butter pudding with leftover scones. I don't know whose household would have scones left over, but you can always use them up and put them in a bread and butter pudding. You can put anything that's gluten-free in and bready into a bread and butter pudding. And I've spoken about Gary Rhodes before, but Gary Rhodes' bread and butter pudding, you can't use normal bread. Gluten-free bread isn't great, but you can use scones up and you can have the most delicious, delicious, delicious bread and butter pudding. But that's what I'll do. I'll look and I'll think, I've got this left. What shall I do? And it normally comes down to scones. It really do, does. They were just something that was so traditional when we were younger. My mum used to um, always do the cricket teas. And whenever she went and did the cricket teas, everyone went mad because they just wanted my mum's scones. And there's nothing better that we can make something in half an hour, get it out of the oven, it's then starting to go cool. And Everyone in the household is wanting one of these. So I just want to encourage you to find a little bit of gluten-free self-raising flour, find a little bit of margarine or butter, find an old yogurt that needs using up, find a little bit of milk or cream, put all of that together and make some delicious scones. And this is a recipe that I, I do believe in the UK, in England, it's part of our heritage and I am so so proud that so many people are continuing that heritage and please have a go just try my recipe see what it's like and, and these are absolutely delicious if you don't want to put anything on top other than a little bit of butter you will be amazed when these come out of the oven just leave them for 10 minutes to start to cool down put a little bit of butter on and sit back with a nice cuppa of your choice and enjoy. This is Gluten-Free Angela and I have been talking about gluten-free scones for half an hour and I hope you enjoyed it and I hope you're going to make some and I hope you're going to enjoy every single mouthful. You take care and until next time, happy gluten-free baking. Take care. Bye-bye.